You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Good morning, good morning. It's great to see all of you here today and expecting a a great day in the Lord. But before we get into our time of worship and the Word of God, uh, we're going to uh, just have, have a little bit of We'll call it fun. I don't know if it'll be fun for you or not. But um, today is Super Team Sunday, and uh, we have a very intentional focus to this day and uh, why we highlight this day for our church. And it has to do with the fact that uh, we can't do what we do at the Calvary Church without uh, people being a part of it and uh, people serving in their giftings. And so we highlight this day as a day for just a clear picture of how God wants to use the body of Christ and how he uses the body for his glory. And so we're going to begin today uh, with a a little bit of a a warm-up to help you kind of acclimate to the day. And so uh, I'm going to start with uh, just kind of a full-on participation opportunity. So you're here. If you're a guest with us, thank you for being here at the Calvary Church. And uh, our services typically don't start off like this, and, and you're not asked to do this. But hopefully it's not too, too embarrassing or anything. But I'm going to um, – has anybody ever played the clapping game? All right. So, so basically it works like this, that when, when I cross my hands like this, you clap. Okay? So let's just practice. Yeah, see, that's that's the point. All right, so so we're gonna we're gonna start it. Why don't you stand this morning? And we're gonna just kind of stretch. Everybody, stretch. It's Super Team Sunday. It's the Super Bowl today, so get ready. All right, we're gonna do this. And if if you clap when I don't cross my hands, I want you to sit down. All right. It's a nice jersey you got, Ignacio. All right. So here we go. Ready? Okay. (laughs) All right. Wow, took out a lot of people. Here we go. You know who you were. (laughs) All right, here we go. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. I think that's good. Give yourselves a hand. Welcome. All right, now... Now we got this next this next deal we're gonna do has has a prize attached to it, all right. So, um, and it's it's some candy, and um, our ushers have um, 
some there's a football, there's a dodgeball, there's a few. All right, we got the dodgeball up here, we got football here. All right, so here's the game. You're you're on each section is a team. All right, so they're gonna start. I'm gonna say go, and when they do, everybody in the section has to carry the ball at some point. You gotta move it along. Now, the balcony, you are one section. All right. So you guys got to figure that out, all right? <laughs> but everybody in your section has to touch it in order for it to, and move it in order for your section to win, and our ushers are watching very, very carefully today, all right? So here we go. We've got ushers, if you'll hold up there so I can see you've got it, all right? So, Brother Todd's in the balcony, Mike's over here on this left section, the center section, Brother Marty, and this section is Robin, all right? So, all right, y'all ready? All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go. All right, pass it along, pass it along. All right, got everybody in this, oh, oh, the balcony's throwing. All right, here we go. It's got to go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Uh-oh. 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 Fumble. Oh, okay. The left. Wait, wait. I feel like there's a controversy. What happened? Okay, we got a flag on the play. We got a flag on the play, Noah. That is true. That was, what What are they saying? Okay. Okay. So, so is everybody good with this side winning? All right. Hey, Ben. Ben, there you go. I'm gonna... All right. All right, so so Brother Todd has a gift for you. He's coming down now. He'll pass that along. So uh, congratulations to this team. Could have had something to do with the Miles Garrett jersey. I don't know. Might have had something to do. All right. Kristen, I want uh, the stack of right on top there. This is, this is awesome. This represents, so far, everybody who said, you know what, I want to be on the Team Calvary. Isn't that awesome? And uh, if you haven't signed up yet to be on a team where this is what this day is about, just highlighting that, we have so many great memories, so, or memories, members that, uh, and memories, uh, that, that participate to make ministry possible. Some are not even out here right now. They're serving in different capacities, but I'm thankful for that. Calvary does a lot of great things, and it's because we have a lot of great people. And so we're going to do a couple giveaways here of people who have volunteered. Amy, I'm going to have you choose. <laughs> Amy's going to choose two. Okay. Okay. Oh, go ahead. 
Very, very important. Who do we got? Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. First winner, Kia Elliott. Yeah. In that basket. In that, in that basket right there. Our, you get a $10 Amazon gift card. Sophia Varnum. All right. She's not here. She's serving. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Charlotte, for your leadership in that home. Um, all right. Well, this, this next section that we're going to talk about are those who serve our church. These We have so many ministry teams that serve, and you can see that in this ministry team catalog, and we're going to highlight our volunteer of the years. These are chosen by the ministry team leaders to highlight uh, what uh, those who serve, and we, again, I know it's difficult for the ministry team leaders to choose this, uh, but they, they, we've asked them to do that. we forced them to give us a name, okay? So it doesn't mean that those of you who are on the team that didn't get chosen doesn't mean you're not great too, all right? Everybody gets a trophy here at the Calvary Church, all right? So yeah, that basket just keeps going round and round. You guys notice that? Like it hasn't stopped moving in that section. Let it go. Just let, let the Lord use you. All right, so here we go. I, and then there's no real order to the ministry teams, but... Um, for the Verge 56, so Verge 56, if you don't know, is our ministry to 5th and 6th graders. And I th I'm thankful for Adam and Kayla Angus. Can you appreciate them? They lead that ministry. All right. Volunteer of the Year. And the Volunteer of the Year, I want you to come up here and I want you to stand, okay? And Kristen's going to give you, there's a certificates that are laying over there somewhere. And they should be in order. She's going to come up here and help me. But... Um, we're going to give you a certificate, which is most important, and then secondary to that is a $10 gift card to Amazon. All right, here we go. For The Verge 56, Alyssa Cummings. All right, for our ushers, and we thank Todd Brown, our lead ministry team leader for our ushers, and our ministry volunteer of the year for our ushers is Robin Meadows. And our interpretation, we have interpreting uh, in Spanish and French that happens most every service. And I'm thankful for the leadership of Stephanie Cup in this. And our volunteer of the year is Andrea Thon. For our barnyard, this is our kids' land, four, four and five-year-olds. Barnyard, four and five-year-olds. And we're thankful for this ministry. And everyone should say amen. Four- and five-year-old class. Our leader is Diane Densler, and the volunteer of the year is Amber Stinson. She may be, she may be serving. All right. Our medical team, led by Teresa Early-Jones, and we're thankful for her and the team that makes sure that we are safe every week, and the volunteer of the year for the medical team. Drum roll, please. We haven't been doing drum roll. We need that. Uh, Marty Wildman. Yeah. 
All right. Our Bible quiz team, Bible quiz ministry, and uh, the Bible quiz uh, ministry uh, just had a big event yesterday. Norman R. Pasley II Bible Quiz Invitational, and uh, thankful for everybody that helped with that. But our Bible Quiz Volunteer of the Year is Stephanie Wheeler. All right. She's serving. She's serving. All right. For our assimilation team, this is those who help us. We have really three courses that we used to help people find ministry here at Calvary. We have a Discover Calvary course. We have a Membership 101 course and a Ministry 201 course. There's a whole team of people that make that happen. And our ministry team volunteer for volunteer of the year for assimilation, Matt Wieland. We have several outreach opportunities that uh, we focus on right now, and uh, some are in the beginning stages, some uh, have been going on for some time, but uh, the first is our Brookville campus, and uh, we have a campus of our church in Brookville, Indiana, and I'm thankful for everyone who helps to be a part of that, but our volunteer of the year for the Brookville campus is Ben Hickey. working towards opening a coffee shop in Oxford and hopefully another campus of our church in Oxford and uh, I'm thankful for those who have a passion for that and over the last year we've done several prayer walks we've volunteered and as far as cleaning up the property in different ways and uh, we want to thank our volunteer of the year for Oxford none other than Trisha Ball all right for our kids' land, every Sunday and every Wednesday, we have uh, kids' ministry for first through fourth graders, and I thank Angel Graham for her leadership in kids' land. Would you appreciate Angel Graham, who does a lot, that leads our kids' ministry, and our volunteer of the year for kids' land, first through fourth grade, Alicia Bradda. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's like the price is right. That's right. All right. So for our building maintenance, we have several facilities and properties, and uh, so many help us make sure that our property is taken care of. And uh, but we want to highlight today our volunteer of the year for our maintenance, building maintenance, none other than Anthony Mitchell. glad you can get into the church every Sunday. We have a whole team that makes sure the building's unlocked and locked up every week, and that's led by Anthony Henson, and uh, we want to thank our volunteer of the year for our lockup team, Cody Glasgow. Special ministry for our 
kids is so important, and this particular uh, team is, is vital to us, uh, and it's important for our guests, and it's important for our members, but it's our nursery workers. We're so thankful for everyone who serves in our kids' ministry, but thankful for our nursery workers, and thankful to Leah Henson for leading that, uh, and our volunteer of the year for our Kids Land nursery team, Karen Robbins. We're making a lot of improvements, and uh, I thank them for their effort, and I thank Ethan Jean-Louis for his leadership in this area. We appreciate him so much, but our Visual Tech Volunteer of the Year has already received a Volunteer of the Year certificate, but hey, he's just that good, Ben Hickey. ever missed a service? I was like, where are you going with that? Has, has anybody missed a service but watched the service online? All right, there we go. All right, and we appreciate our webcast team, everybody who makes sure that we can watch and listen to our services. And again, Ethan Jean-Louis heads that ministry up. But we want to thank our volunteer of the year for our webcast team, Laura Fritz. watching online. Thank you, Laura. All right. Our Celebrate Recovery. Every Thursday night, we have Celebrate Recovery here, and it's a great ministry and uh, brings a lot of strength to people. And I thank Tammy Lane and Sean Hickey for their leadership in this. And we let Tammy Lane pick the Volunteer of the Year Award, and she picked Sean Hickey. done such a great job, and I appreciate her heart for this ministry. Our security team, led by none other than Greg Meadows, we appreciate Brother Greg and uh, this vital team that is always watching for us, um, <laughs> watching out for us, I should say, but we appreciate this team, but our volunteer of the year for our security team, Ben Walters. ambassador team. They're the ones who make sure our guests feel welcome and they connect with guests that come in. We're glad uh, for them and they lead, they're led by Teresa Prophet. Anybody appreciate Teresa Prophet? Yeah. And our volunteer of the year for our guest ambassadors, Andrea Keith. social media, you're on social media and you, you kind of see the pictures and all those things. We have a whole team that takes photos every Sunday and uh, we're thankful for that. Thank, um, thank Alyssa Reed for her leadership on this team. And so our volunteer of the year for our photography team is Natalie Prophet. <laughs> Our baptism 
baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We have a baptism schedule for today. I'm excited about that. We have a whole team that volunteers to help make sure people uh, are set up well to be baptized, and we appreciate Dana Sanders' leadership. But our volunteer of the year for our baptism team, Tammy Lane. want to acknowledge our great praise and worship team, and we're going to go to worship in just a moment here, but I acknowledge them. I'm thankful for the leadership of Andrew and Kate Sizemore. I appreciate them. Would you appreciate Andrew and Kate today? And this is a, a, a large group of people that take out extra time to make sure that they are prepared so we can go into a time of great worship, and our volunteer of the year for our uh, music team, Jason Reed. Anthony and Amber Sizemore lead our youth ministry. Can you appreciate them? They do such a tremendous job. We're thankful for our young people. We're thank, thankful for the energy that they bring and the passion they bring for the things of God. And I'm thankful for the team that serves every week and goes on events and, and uh, it just gives themselves in a great way. But our volunteer of the year for the Oxano Youth Team, Hannah Shirley. All right, a few more. Our audio team, we all can hear today. Thankful for them. They're constantly trying to navigate. And if you don't know, this is a very, very difficult building to navigate with audio. And so we appreciate your patience. We appreciate your, your kind feedback uh, at times. Um, but it is, a, it is a job and it's a task. And I appreciate Luke Wheeler uh, for his leadership in this and our volunteer of the year. Volunteer of the Year for our audio team, Scott Arrowwood. Our Kidsland team has uh, Kidsland team has uh, so many different sub teams, and one of those teams is our two and three year old class. And we're thankful for the leadership of Laura Wheeland for this class. This is very important for us, and again, another guest experience that is so vital, and uh, our volunteer of the year for our garden team, Cassie Glasgow. Every Sunday when people walk in the door, we're taking attendance, we're knowing who's coming in, and we appreciate uh, the team of individuals that make sure everybody is accounted for. And uh, this, this helps us in a variety of ways, helps uh, us know uh, our guests that are with us, helps us know uh, our, our members who may be missing, and it's just a vital ministry, and I appreciate the attendance team led by Ann Wildman. Would you appreciate her today for her work? And uh, already up here, but our volunteer of the year for the attendance team, Natalie Prophet. Our first impressions team, and these are 
individuals who welcome people as they come in, usually opening the door, and uh, there's more opportunity for this. We want to grow our First Impressions team, even in the parking lot, and just uh, make this a vital team for our church, but I'm very thankful for Marty Wildman and his leadership. I appreciate you very much. Let's appreciate Brother Marty and our Volunteer of the Year, Volunteer of the Year for our First Impressions team, Ryan Walter. All right. So, obviously, we have a lot of volunteers and a lot of great teams. There's pretty much a team for everybody, I think, to be a part of. And uh, we invite you to serve, uh, if you can, once a week or once a month, I should say, at least. Uh, and uh, it's a great opportunity. Now, we have one more thing to do with all these Volunteer of the Years, and that's figure out who the Volunteer of the Year for the Calvary Church is. Who amongst this group is the Volunteer? Now, this is a coveted prize because not only do they get another gift card, but they get a parking space right up by the door all year. All right, Celicia, she was our first volunteer of the year, I believe. Jen, you've, you've represented this group before. Two years running? Yeah, because COVID, you got the COVID year. Yeah. All right. So, all right, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to do rock, paper, scissors. Um, they can do rock, paper, scissors. Just hold one with one hand. All right, so you just turn to somebody next to you. All right, two, two, there we go, there we go. Wait on my, in my watch, here we go. We, is everybody paired up okay? Okay, you guys good? Yeah, I think we, okay. There's three over there. We got a little confusion going on. All right, Ryan, you're with Ben, Marty, turn around. There we go, there we go, there we go. All right, here we go. Rock, paper, scissors. We're going to start. You guys know how this works, right? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. It's one round. This is it, all right? And then we'll, we'll whittle it down. Here we go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. If you tie, go again. All right, if you're done, go ahead and sit down. We appreciate you. All right? Are you guys still in? He won your... Okay, go ahead and go off. Go ahead and go off. All right. Oh, rock, paper, scissors. All right, here we go. Go ahead. We like the chaos. Stay. 
Okay today. Good. Why don't we just clap our hands to the Lord right now as we enter into a time of worship? This side really ought to worship this morning. You got some extra candy in you. Amen. How many's ready to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth today? Hallelujah. Let's worship.
salvation today. There's hope in this room. You're not stuck. You're not defeated. It's not over. There's a banner of hope. He is our banner. God is our banner of victory. I want somebody to receive that today. I want you to lift your hand. Say, God, I'm going to let you be my hope today. So I'm going to raise a hallelujah to you because it's confidence in who you are. I say hallelujah to you, Lord. I give you praise today because the enemy's tried to tell me it's over. The enemy's tried to wave a, a banner that says he's victorious. But Lord, you're raising a standard. You're raising a banner of victory, Lord, in this place today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, we're so glad that each of you are here today. I'm honored to have an opportunity anytime to deliver the word of the Lord to this amazing congregation of people. And I know that the first part of that service and our service today was uh, maybe a little bit different. And if you're a guest with us, that's not typical of our opening of a service. But I felt like it would give us a picture of just the incredible people that we have, making sure that Calvary is able to do ministry at a high level. And I just honor each and every one of you. And if your heart is pulled today, my message today is very specific. I just want to uh, reiterate and emphasize the, the picture that you saw uh, a few moments ago with these amazing people who are up here serving the kingdom of God. But uh, if you're looking for a home church or looking for a place of worship, this is a great place. This church is uh, a place of love, a place of acceptance, a place of opportunity. It's not perfect because we're not perfect. And uh, I know that the Lord is doing some amazing things. I'm excited uh, about what God has in store for the Calvary Church this year. I want our ushers, they're going to receive our Sunday morning tithe and offering. And uh, as they do, I just want to remind you every Wednesday at 7.30, 7.30 to 8.15 is our growth university. It's a time of teaching God's word very specifically and systematically. We're in the series called The Names of God and looking at all the places in the Bible where God was called something. And uh, we also have a great ministry for our kids and for our young people on Wednesday night. So again, I encourage you to make Wednesday a priority. In a few weeks, we have our life group launch. I'm excited about that. Thank you to our life group leaders who are going to be leading life groups. This is going to be a great, great series of life groups and uh, looking forward to that. You may be seated this morning. There are moments in life when you see something and if I can say it like this, it makes you question the entire human race. There are moments in life when you see something and you say, you had one job. Some of you say that to your husband on a regular basis. You had, you had one job. 
I have found a few pictures, and I love the memes that are associated with this. You had one job. They're endless because humans are flawed endlessly. And uh, we'll, we'll just start with a few. You can throw it up here. That should say fire. It says fry. Next one. If you can't read this, it says, major accident, left lanes closed, use left lane. Well, I, don't, I don't know who is in charge of typing that out. Okay, next one, turn left. The arrow's pointing right. Then, next one, something got a little crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> And then this next one <laughs> kind of got a little mixed up there on it. But probably you've, you've had some of these experiences on the job. Um, on the, when I was in Bible college, I worked at a computer warehouse, and we drove uh, reach trucks and forklifts. And so we would drive these uh, stand-up forklifts essentially and you you had the paddle you know it wasn't a steering wheel you had a paddle and it was a pretty difficult thing to navigate and we had just massive warehouse full of computer parts small computer parts and large screens and computers and all this stuff and so um, there was a particular bible school student who was working and drove his reach truck up and lifted the forks up, and it was pretty high up in the air, maybe 15, 20 feet, and lifted it up, put the fork in to grab the computer screen down, and went right through the screen. <laughs> he didn't work there the next day. <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, we, we, were not, we were not looked well on after that. For some reason, we all got the rap for his mistake. But uh, I want to consider this idea today. You have one job. You have one job. We're going to continue to fly over the life of Joseph and look at his life. A few weeks ago, we just did a quick overview, or should I say a flyover of all the different elements of his life. And I want to really look and land at another spot. Last week, we landed on his dreams and the importance of his dreams. But I want to today consider the next leg of his life. And it's found between his dreams and the pit that he was thrown into. If you remember the story of Joseph, he's 17. He's his dad's favorite child gets a special coat of many colors or a special coat that identified him as the favorite. And then he has dreams that make his brothers and his dad think that he thinks he's better than everybody else. And, and then we know the story where he gets sold into slavery and he uh, gets sold actually a couple times into Egypt and sold to Potiphar and that whole deal and ultimately becomes the, the hero at the end of the story. But I want to 
I want to just dive down into that time between his dreams and when his brothers threw him in a pit. Because the Bible tells us some very specific things about that time that I think could be meaningful to us. In Genesis chapter 37, the Bible tells us in verse 12 that his brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Joseph is not invited to that party. He's not welcome to that or asked to do that. And we don't know if that's just because he's young, if his dad was trying to preserve him in some way for something else. What we do know is that his brothers were taking care of the flock. And there he was with his dad, and uh, we don't, we're not given much detail about what he was doing with his dad, but there, there his brothers are. They're feeding his father's flock in Shechem. The next verse tells us that Jacob, or Israel, goes to Joseph. Joseph, again, 17 years old, says, I want you to go, and he says, our are not your fa- or are not your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He's going to send Joseph to his brothers. Now, what to me is important about this verse is understanding the context of what's happened before this. We know that Joseph had a dream or several dreams. And we know that his brothers, the scripture said, hated him and hated him even more. And I don't think it was a secret to Joseph that his brothers did not like him. It would have been clear to him because of the way that they spoke to him when he told them his dream that his brothers were not fond of him. Certainly, he would have probably uh, picked up on this. You would have thought he would have picked up on this. But we, we read something, in my opinion, that's pretty compelling. It's pretty compelling because here, his brothers are working. His brothers are, are out there. And Jacob says, Joseph, are not your brothers out there in the field? I want to send you to them. And Joseph's response was, here I am. Pretty compelling, knowing what we know happened prior to this. Now, going into the next verse. He said, Jacob said to him, go and see if it is well with your brothers and well with the flocks. And bring back word to me. So he went out of the valley of Hebron and he went to Shechem. He had one job. You go there. You look at everything. You assess everything. You talk to your brothers. You evaluate the sheep. And you come back and you report to me. It it was nothing too extravagant. It wasn't. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, a job that probably uh, seemed like a, you know, a high 
paying jobs, so to speak. It was pretty simple. Just go evaluate what's going on and tell me how things are going. That, that would be fine. And you, you could say, you know what, Joseph goes, you know, no big deal. He's just going and he's going to look at his brothers. He's going to look at the sheep and then he's going to go back. But here's, here's the part that we don't pick up on in this story as much. And that is where Joseph was and where Shechem was. This is not like walking from here to, you know, the Springdale Rec Center, which is, you know, a few miles from here. It's not walking from here to the Bishop Center. Go check on your brothers. In fact, Shechem from Hebron was 50 miles to walk a mile, they say it'd take about 20 minutes. So this is a 16 to 17 hour walk that Joseph's going to make to report on his brothers. Here I am. I, I think that adds a little weight to the statement. Here I am. Because he's not just going across the street or down the road. It's a pretty treacherous walk. And so we know that his brothers confronted him. We know his brothers didn't like him. And so not only is the walk long, but he's walking to go see some brothers who do not like him. He's checking on them. Now, think about the fact that there's no real technology, there's no GPS tracking, there's no air tags, there's no phone that's telling you where people are, there's no 360 or find my, uh, find me kind of deal. Joseph could have Walked a few miles, set up camp for a few days, came back to his brother or his father and told him whatever he wanted to tell him. Joseph again says, here I am. Uh, I, I'm willing to go to my brothers who hate me. Now contrast this with Cain, who said, am I my brother's keeper? Joseph never says that. He never pushes against the idea of going to see his brothers. He just says, here I am. Dad, whatever you need, I'm here. And I think that sets the bar pretty high. For you and I when we consider his life. In Genesis 37 verse 15. We get another little glimpse of what happens in this story. Joseph walks the 50 miles. He gets there. We don't know if it takes a couple days, three days, however long. He gets there to where his dad told him his brothers were. But the Bible says now a certain man found him. And there he was wandering in the field. He got to where his dad 
told him his brothers were, and they're not there. He, he is just wandering. The guy said, who are you looking for? I, I would imagine that he's probably not maybe in the, the best frame of mind. He's wandering. I don't know if he's just walking in circles. If, if the guy sees him at a distance and it, you know, he's just like looking. Like I know my dad told me they were in Shechem. I know my dad told me this was where they were. And he's looking around and some guy's like, hey, you're, you're lost. You're apparently lost. And he says, I am seeking my brothers. Let that sink in again. Brothers who hated him. After a 50-mile trip, he said, please tell me where they are feeding their flocks. I know they hate me. I know they don't care for me. But I have one job. I've been given a job by my father, who thinks a lot about me. And I've got to find my brothers. And the man says to him in verse 17, They have departed from here, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. Okay? I just walked 50 miles looking for them to give a report to my father about their life. And I get bad instructions from my father. I show up where he tells me to show up. And guess what? No one is here. And now he's saying they're in Dothan. Anyone have any bad bosses? They tell you to do something. And then you go to do it. And you don't have what you need to do it. Or it's not how they described it. I want you to put yourself in Joseph's shoes here. My man has just walked 50 miles on the request of his father to go see people who hated him. And he shows up and no one's there. Now think about what you would do. Because I'm pretty confident what I might do. I've walked 50 miles. I've done what my father said to do. I went to Shechem. I went where he told me to go. Dothan is another five miles. Or I should say 15 miles. Another 15 miles away from Shechem. And so he's got a choice to make. Am I going to go to Dothan? Am I going to go the extra 15 miles? Or am I going to return back to my father and report what I saw in Shechem? Because 
what was the job? I think some of us, I, I might be able to justify, say, my job was to go to Shechem. But he felt like his job was to go find his brothers. And so, Joseph decides, I'm going to go to Dothan. I'm going to go and find my brothers. Because it goes back to his statement that he made. When he told his father, here I am. I have something to do. You got something for me to do. Here I am. And I'm willing to do what it takes to fulfill what I know you want me to do. And so the scripture says in Genesis chapter 37 verse 17... And the man said, they have departed from here, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. That's amazing. And the scripture then says, the next verse says, now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near, They conspired against him to kill him. I want to just quickly give to us what I feel like. And let me just take the seed of a pastor today. Maybe not an evangelist today, but a pastor. Three principles that I find very clearly in this passage. is number one, Joseph said, here I am. Am. If the Father needs me, here I am. He made himself available. And I'm thankful today for the Calvary Church, so many individuals who make themselves available to do God's work in the world. Calvary Church does not exist without incredible people saying, Here I am. I'm thankful for that. Secondly, Joseph fulfilled the task he was asked to do. He could have just went to Shechem. He could have just went the distance or a couple miles even and came back. But no, he went all the way where he could find his brothers. He was willing to fulfill the task. 17 hours to get there. And thirdly, Joseph went, and for those of you who grew up in church, you know this phrase. It's a good one. Jesus said it, but it's really hard to live out all the time. But Joseph went the extra mile. He, he did what he was told to do, but he knew that wasn't all that His father was asking of him, so he went the extra mile to make sure that he fulfilled what he thought his father wanted. And I read this passage from Jesus today for us, elevating our hearts and just elevating this idea today. 
In Matthew chapter 5, I read for your hearing, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you, take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Those are really, really challenging passages. But he compels us not to just do the minimum, not to just serve people who love us. He says to do good to those who maybe don't even like you. When I read those passages, I consider Joseph. I consider Joseph's life, who he could have so easily said, Dad, I'm sorry, I can't go to Shechem. You know my brothers hate me. Dad, I don't, I, I don't want to do that. I, I'm not here. He could have thought I could shortcut this and I could kind of make my dad think I went and give the appearance that I had served. But he went to Shechem. He could have came back and been truthful to say, you know what? I went to Shechem. No one was there. And I did what you asked me to do. I couldn't find him. But no, there was something compelling him. And so it's no wonder when you look at Joseph's life, when you look at why he was put in charge, why he was given things in, while he was in captivity, he was put in charge of Potiphar's house. He was put in charge of the prison. He was put in charge of Pharaoh's uh, uh, whole kingdom. It's no wonder, because when no one was looking, when no one was really taking notice, he said, you know what? I'm just going to serve. I have one job, and that's to do what my father has asked me to do. I could make excuses for it. I could say, you know what? I'm not quite old enough. I don't know if I can go that far. I know my brother. I could list a, a, a variety of things. But Joseph said, you know what? No. My father thinks I'm capable. My father thinks I'm able. And this is what I have to offer. And so I don't find it surprising that God would use him in Potiphar's house, that God would use him in the prison, or that God would use him in Pharaoh's house. Because you look at a 17-year-old boy who said, I'm not making excuses for why I can't do what my father's asking me to do. I think that's pretty compelling. And I'll confess to you, I have a hard time when people come to church simply to be fed. 
I'm going to tell you that. That's just between me and God. I have a hard time with that. I pray that you're fed. I pray that you're blessed by the word and the preaching and the, the worship. I pray that our music, you like our music. I, I pray to God that we have a great experience for people when they walk in. But we are not a body of believers just so we can be fed. We are a body of believers so we can be fruitful and multiply and do something in the world. And so we use this phrase, we are called to bless people. Belong locally, learn truth, experience transformation. And then the fruit of our life is to share light and to serve others. That our life should exist to bless those around us. If you consider this your church, I, I think that you should be serving in this church. You should be contributing to the movement and the impact that this church has. I don't accept the ideology that says 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's not how your body works. The body works because 100% of your body is functioning. And we get handicapped and we can't do things when parts of our body stop working. And so is the body of Christ. 100% of us who are members of the body of Christ should be participating in what God is doing. And so TCC has amazing people who serve every week. People who have simply said, here I am. People who take time and energy and effort and, and, and they do amazing things. And I believe that we can do more. And so I'm inviting everyone to participate in the opportunity to serve. Because ministry happens because people serve. Every week we have individuals who practice, make coffee, set up sound and visual computers, prep for a webcast, set up the kids' room, unlock the building, make sure new people are greeted, clean the building, prepare and teach lessons, stand and check people in, take attendance, take offering, pass out things during the service, sit, uh, seat people, help guests know what to do. Why? Because we have one job. We have one job. And that's to honor our Heavenly Father. To help people find a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and to live out his purpose. There's a place for everybody here today. If you're strong, physically strong, there's a place. If you maybe don't have the strength that you'd like, there's a place. If you're male, female, young, or old, we have one job, Calvary. And that serve the Lord. And how do we serve the Lord? Have you ever thought about that? You don't serve the Lord by just coming and listening to somebody preach a message. It's good to do that. It's important that you hear the word of God. But to serve the Lord is to serve others. That's the only way you can really serve the Lord. And guess what? We're not to determine whether or not those people like us or don't like us. We serve the Lord by serving others who like us and others who don't like us. 
we serve the Lord when the conditions are perfect and the sound and the media are working perfectly. And we serve the Lord when the screen is blinking, the webcast isn't working, the children's ministry lights aren't working. We serve the Lord. We're serving Him by serving each other. And guess what? We serve the Lord when everybody's watching. And we serve the Lord and each other when no one sees what we're doing. That's why Paul told the church in Colossians, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Not to men. Joseph was not trying to just serve his brothers. He was serving his father. And that's what you and I have to get in our minds. What we are doing is not just serving you because I like Delano Shirley. I'm going to do some, I'm going to serve Delano Shirley. No, that's not why I serve. I serve because my heavenly father said, hey, I need you to go here. And even if I show up and the conditions aren't perfect, and wait a second, God, I thought you said, no, I'm going to keep serving because I do it as unto the Lord. He said, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of your inheritance. Watch this last phrase, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we serve on ministry teams? Because we serve the Lord. In the parable of the talents, as I'm coming to a close, Jesus tells us that when he returns, he will evaluate you and I based on some criteria. He said to the one who hid his talent and what he had been given, the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown. That's a very important statement. He says, you know that I reap where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed. What is he saying? In other words, I'm counting on you to do the work. I'm counting on you to do my work in the world. And he said, and he cast them, he cast them into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But to the ones... Who used what they have been given. The father said to him. Well done thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Not well done thou good and faithful pastor. Not preacher. Not musician. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Anyone can serve. There's no special talent that he's identifying saying, well, these are the people. No, it's just those who are willing to serve. So how do we serve the Lord when we serve each other? We are called to do great things as a church I would guess, and I know I'm preaching very specifically today, but I absolutely believe that when you serve others, you position your life for God's work. 
Don't wait for God to somehow make things perfect. And then, then God, I'm really going to step in and do something. You know, Joseph, 17 years old, he just served the Lord, served his father in that service. What I, wanna, I want you to understand today, that service positioned him. Now, we would say that wasn't a great place to be positioned, be thrown in a pit. But God wasn't finished in the pit. God wasn't finished in the prison. God was positioning him. How did it all start, though? Here I am. Here I am. And serving others will always position you where God needs you to be. So I'm just reemphasizing. And just for those that are maybe thinking about serving in a ministry team, I encourage you, serve in a ministry team. Doesn't matter what, what title you have at your job or whatever. We're just called to serve the body. And those of you who are serving... I hope this encourages you to let you know that you're doing a good work because you're honoring your father. You're not doing it for me. You're not, you're not doing it because we got some good people, you know, or you like the kids that are there. No, I, I, I don't do that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't just serve in kids ministry because you like the kids that are there. We serve because it's as unto the Lord. And we see a need. The father is petitioning us. Would you stand with me? So I have one job. You have one job. We have one job. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. I'm going to baptize a couple people today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, are you thankful for that? And they can go, you can go ahead. And what I understand about these children who are being baptized today, that God's going to use their life in a great way. And I am thankful that the Lord wants to invite them at a young age into his kingdom. So that they can do something for him. These young people and children are amazing to me. Can I just brag on our young people a little bit? I come in on Sundays and I see these young people. Not only are they always up here worshiping, leading us. I wish some of you would beat them to the altar sometimes. They're always the first ones to the altar. All right, Brother Bill, that's what I'm saying. But not only are they at the altar, I, I walk by kids' land when I come down, and guess who's in the kids' land rooms? These young people. And can I just confess a little bit? They're there because there's no adults that'll serve. That's the truth. I know that's, ooh, ooh, well, that changed quick. Um, 
No, I'm saying that to say that we need everybody to do what God's calling us to do. And I'm thankful that these young people are willing to serve. And I brag on them today because it's in their heart. And guess what I know? I know that that service that nobody sees is positioning them. It's positioning them for God's hand to be mighty on their life. They're going to do some incredible things for God because they're willing to serve. And there's no one, and I'm not just saying, kid, you, there's all kinds of opportunities to serve today. It may be writing cards. It may say writing letters to guests who say, thank you for coming to the Calvary Church. It might be visiting somebody, maybe welcoming somebody in the parking lot. We do it collectively as one body because we serve the Lord. And so I want to pray today. I'm not going to invite you to come to the altar today. I'm going to have you stay right where you are. And I'm, I'm just simply hoping that somebody will pray today, here I am. Here I am. God, I don't know what you're doing. I know my life's crazy right now. I got a lot of things going on. Things aren't perfect. But maybe today you could pray, here I am. God, however you want to use my life, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. I want to pray for you. Lord, we come to you today. I thank you, God, that you've used us in a great way. For nearly 50 years, this congregation has served your kingdom. Over the years, there have been so many that have stepped up, God, to make ministry happen and have brought people to a place in you. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you for that legacy of our church. And I'm praying today in 2023 that this generation of the Calvary Church would have that same passion, that same desire, God, to serve, just simply serve whatever capacity we can, whatever way we can. God, here we are. Here we are, Lord, to serve your kingdom. God, I'm praying today you would bless and you would anoint and you would strengthen, Lord. Maybe those who are walking through a difficult time, Lord, I believe that you're going to bring hope to them and strength to them. But some, Lord, are going to actually find your will in their life because they step out and they begin to serve. They're going to find direction, Lord. They're going to find clarity because they're willing to serve. And I pray you would just make that our culture in this church. Make this who we are, that we go. God, we don't just do what you ask us, but we'll go the extra mile to make sure that your kingdom comes, your will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Would you lift your hands to the Lord? We're going to sing. We're just going to worship today. We're going to celebrate these baptisms. God, we love you today. I thank you for this amazing church, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let's sing together. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. 
consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.